Hello and welcome to another episode of the Game Train Podcast here in LA. We are going to be wrapping up day three of Eve 3 2018. Joining me as always is Carl Smith. Hello, here I am. Alright Carl, here we go, day three, the last one of E3. The final day of our first E3 experience. How's your body? Well, uh, don't talk to me about how my body is. And this has been Game Train. <laughs> <laughs> I am... I am barely standing. My eyes are barely open. Every toe and shoulder hurts. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I think, an infected toenail. Yeah. Uh, blisters. So our, uh, our best advice yeah. for anyone seeing E3, get like get, sketches or some some awesome walking shoes. Yeah, get fit before you go. Yeah. And uh, I hope you enjoy walking because you'll be doing a lot of it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, day three, we rocked up, and uh, it was the day that it was open to everyone at the same time, so we decided to uh, rock up a little later at yeah. 10 rather than 9, just to avoid the initial foot traffic in the door, which worked quite well, went straight in. Yeah, it was, it was actually really easy. Um, the crowd control was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, a pretty smooth process, and then, uh, then we are off, so then... We cruised in that morning. We uh we did some filming with Genghis Twine that morning. Yes, Genghis Twine has uh, featured sneakily in a few of our podcasts. If you guys have heard his um his little Easter eggs today, he's featuring in a different way. Yeah, but uh, we won't go into that at the moment. Um, and then uh, yeah, we headed off to our Activision booth to check out some Call of Duty. Yes, some Black Ops Four. I I I I. Yeah, um, we did one, 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 one. We did a bit of the PvP, um, <laughs> which was um, it was good. Look, our team won convincingly. Yeah, we did win. Uh, our, our, our team did win. Our team did win. That's for sure. Yeah. So should we move right on? No, no we should talk about the game. <laughs> uh, we're talking like that because uh, we had one guy on our team. We don't know who it was. He carried us. Like I mean, not even a soft carry. I mean, just put us on his back and just carried us to the finish line. Oh man, I just ate doo doo for that whole entire thing. Each round, I was just getting shot and killed every time I like looked around the corner, and then I was like, "Oh well, that was a definite death." And then at the end, they're like, "You win." Like, well, who is helping me do that? It was uh, the game itself. It felt I am. We're not really big um, Call of Duty players, so it's a bit tricky to compare it to all the others. But I mean, it it ran well, and and all the um, different loadouts looked really fun. Um, I had I had a lot more fun in control than the straight death match. Yeah, so did I. I so we played two versions. One was um, a straight death match mode, kill the other team before more times than they kill you. Yeah. And the other one was a control point map where you have to take over and defend uh, a couple of control points on the map. Yeah, and it was really cool how it. I mean, I don't know if this is normal for Call of Duty again, but I'm used to the ones in Destiny where you just have like. You start the match and you each have one controlled area and there's one empty one and you're all just trying to go and stand in in a certain spot as long as you can so you can have as many control points as possible. But in this one, there's two control points and each round the team already owns two of them. And so you're either defending the two that you own or you're going to go and attack the two that they own. Oh, I felt it was a lot harder as attacking the attacking team than the defending team. I yeah. felt defending was way easier and I felt it was a bit skewed I hope they do rebalance that a bit before final launch yeah it was almost black and white hey like it was yeah I we got annihilated when we were attacking but defending it was very easy like it was a no contest almost because you're already there and you get like a good position and you're like kind of half um like 
encouraged to be camping. Yeah, yeah, like so, one guy that kept camping behind this little corner, and I eventually got him. Then when we were defending, I went and just sat behind a little corner and just took out half the team yeah. and they ran past, you know. But yeah, things uh, like you know, I look at the graphics. I it was hard to get a gauge on on how you know pretty some of the stuff could be. I I was a little let down by it. I think. it was, yeah, it was a bit muddy. It was. Um, compared to something like Battlefield Five, which I played the other day, which was very crisp and clean looking, mm. this was a bit sort of, oh yeah, just maybe just not as polished at that stage. Probably it's, it is hard to tell. Like, well, I assume that was an alpha build that we were playing. You know, like yeah. an early build. So I'm hoping that in the full version, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, just sharper graphics and things like that. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, well, right after that, we uh, we had a lot of uh, looking around. We went to actually go see the, um, the the Fortnite booth, which we hadn't really spoken about earlier, but I think that may have uh, outdone the Nintendo booth this year. That booth was incredible. They had quite the, uh, the display there at the Fortnite booth, didn't they? Like, it was massive. The Fortnite sign was huge. Oh, man, and you could see it from, like, so many parts of the floor. And we went to go, like, just check it out. And there's, like, a giant sort of mechanical bull, but done as a, one of the piñatas that have all, you know, like, your special unlocks in it. They had the entire hot air bus, hot air balloon bus thing, like, full size, an actual bus size with, like, a, you know, a little fake fire in it, but then a massive balloon on top. And there was, there was, like, a giant loot crate dropping from the sky attached to a parachute, like, just sort of suspended in the air. The whole thing looked like a big... Crazy fun party. Yeah. There was, like, giant buildings and walls. And this is just their booth within E3. Like, it was insane. You could tell they were just such a celebratory company and like, just really stoked about how the year must be going. And they were just really going, like, just full guns out, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to see. And from there, we headed off to another meeting, didn't we? Yes, yeah, yeah. We went to go see uh, Mavericks. Proving Grounds. Yes, it is a another Battle Royale game coming. Yes, another Battle Royale game. But the twist this time is that it is uh, a thousand players playing at once, rather yeah. than a hundred. They announced it um, at the shows, at the PC gaming show, yeah. as 400 player, like four times the amount of a normal uh, Battle Royale. But then when we went to the meeting, they said that they were just revealing at all the meetings that it's actually gone up to a thousand so that's pretty intense and i think they said they're going to be doing it uh, to cover the thousand in like um teams of five yeah so you'd have what 200 teams yep jeez wow that's pretty intense um and as far as the gimmicky wise it was very similar to like the other sort of battle royale games i guess they're just trying to go with a slightly more realism so they're not adding like, um, you know, like Fortnite's going the quirky, you know, cartoony and yeah. then the building and then um, PUBG is just the straight sort of like, I feel like that's the baseline. Yeah. The straight up. This is what Battle Royale is at its core basicness. And then this is kind of like just PUBG to me, but like with so much more realism, like they've got weather and day night cycles and like uh, the fire. The ability to shoot through walls. Yeah, like walls. a lot of destructibility. They're trying to go with full destructibility once they're done. The version we played, you can only shoot through one certain type of wall and a certain type of floor. 
but, but yeah. again, this was a very early alpha build that we did play. Oh, this was like, yeah. Yeah, this is free alpha. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so they were going with that kind of stuff. Uh, it was made by the uh, with the Cry Engine. Uh, the, the team there have got uh, staff that have worked on games such as Eve Online, Wipeout, Wipeout. Um, PlayStation, Killzone. Yeah, so they've got an experienced team going into it. Yeah, um, apparently it'll it'll have like a full lore, which is what they're going going for as well, and it will eventually evolve into like a, a full MMO RPG later on. Uh, which that part is the part that actually sounds more interesting to me. It's gonna have like a um, a huge sort of world with an ongoing war that happens in this big open world without without like a closing circle sort of that they do in the um, Battle Royale games, and the idea is you're just going to jump in any time, and there'll be just fighting going on with players always just, and you can jump in with like by yourself, or in a team of five, or in a team of two, right up until the map reaches its uh, thousand player limit, and the idea will be to just kill people and collect and loot things, and find like cool weapons and cool items, and you yeah. get to keep them. Very much like the, the Division's Dark Zone. Yeah, pretty much like that, and then... um running away and banking it and like risking do I stay out for more and yeah yeah I, I like the sound of all those sorts of features that I think if they can pull all that off because it's quite an ambitious project yeah uh, but if they do manage to do it in a in a really cool um, good way I can be a I can be a great game to play yeah I think it's gonna be um, and it, it's just cool that I like that mode because you'll get to keep your weapons and yeah there's also uh, they're gonna do like a big battles where they say you can bring in either everyone starts off at an evil even you know playing field yeah or, or they um or they jump in and bring all their weapons and everything that they brought together to try and you know like kind of like um iron banner on destiny where it's like all right well this time let's let's use all our stuff and mm. and everything counts all your level counts yeah which to me is very new for battle royale but i mean i guess that's not the battle royale part but um just that whole extra bit but uh, yeah, so the Battle Royale part is going to beta um, this year. Yes, in August. Yep, and then next year they're hoping to start putting in the persistent open world um, parts of the game. Yeah, yeah, um, and to to check out that beta too, just go to mavericks.gg slash closed-beta. And Mavericks is M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K-S. .gg slash closed dash beta. So if you want to, if you want to check that out, to sign up for the beta. So mm. yeah. Um, after that, we we moved. We did a lot more uh, exploring on the floor and mm -hmm. spoke to a lot of people and asked them about their hype train and lane trains. Um, we covered a lot of ground, just like just uh, sort of vibing out the whole expo. Um, because I mean, our goals last time, it's really so fine. Our goals last time was to, um, you know, go from just game to game to game to game. This time we were just kind of more experiencing the whole thing as a show and seeing what what it all had to offer because it was just so hard to focus on the first few days with all these like, I don't know, goals and targets. Yeah, and we've learned a lot from this E3, I think, on how we'll do to do another one, how we would tackle it. We'll tackle some things a bit differently. I feel. Yeah, possibly. Um. And yeah, but hey, anyway, you know, yeah, you know, this is our first time, and there was a lot to learn. But yeah, moving on from that, correct. Uh, we went to another meeting, yet again. I think our, our final one for the whole uh, for the whole three days, and it was to check out. It was like a room full of uh, more of those uh, indie games, but 
slightly bigger. Yeah, slightly bigger budgets uh, under uh, Calypso. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they showed us three games there. So the first one was Project High Rise, which is a uh, skyscraper building sim. Whereas you um, you're just building like sort of one uh, one big building, and you're sort of leasing out different parts of floors to whether it's uh, business tenants or or hotels or restaurants, etc. Mm. And it sort of all starts working in this sort of uh, you know like you it's, it's a business sort of thing. Whereas you you got to make the rent, pay the rent. You do that by leasing out um, parts of your floors, and then you use that to then build more floors. Yeah, there's all kinds of strategy with money and budgeting, and every time you add something, you have to uh, see if they need like electricity or phone cables or, or cable. Water. Yeah, it was, and it, I guess it's like if you played Fallout Shelter, it's like that, but upwards. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and they showed us a little demo at the start, just how you'd start, where you start with a single floor and a basement. Yep. And then you know, showing us how you start off, you just build that first floor. You're building, you're bringing your, like your basic sort of like insurance workers for the offices and things like that, and then it goes on from there. Then they showed us a demo of, like, sort of endgame stuff, where it's, like, a 50-story building with, like... Oh, hundreds yeah, and hundreds oh, of rooms. It was overwhelming just yeah. how much was going on on the screen at the same time. But learning it from the way, from the bottom up, you would understand how all the systems are working. But us, we're just, like, just overwhelmed with how much there was going on. Uh, the game aesthetically really reminded me of Lesh Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Gang this one. That is very true. It did it did have a Lesh Suit Larry vibe. It had like a weird cartoony sort of it, like very basic but very clear what was going on. I know yeah. it kind of represented the game as a whole as well, more like a caricature of its life. So this game is already out on PC, but it's now coming out to the PlayStation 4, the Xbox and the Switch. And when it does release with the uh, on those platforms, it'll be bringing the base game plus all the expansions, including Las Vegas, Berlin, London, etc. These sort of different expansions that they're putting with different styles of offices and and yeah. architecture and things like that. So that would be pretty cool to check out. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun actually. Uh, especially when when I heard it was on Switch, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I think I'm going to get this now because I don't know if I could sit down on the console or computer and like. You know, it, it'd kind of do my head and just trying to sit there and make all these buildings happen and it, it'd be just too much to sit for a long period of time. Whereas on the Switch, you just pull it out and slowly just do like a room at a time. Yeah. Slowly build up your building every time you come back. So And it also, I was quite interested to know if it was one of those games where when you pause it and leave the game, do things continue to happen and you come back and have to like do like, you know, control whatever happened, damage control and fix yeah. everything. But it's not. When you pause it, it just pauses. Which is nice. Then after that, they showed us uh, Tropico 6. Yeah, which I think might have been one of uh, Genghis Tuan's game of the show. Um, he seemed pretty impressed by it. Uh, it was very pretty. Yeah, it's a, uh, a top-down... Oh, gosh, what would you call it again? It's not an RTS, it's more of a sim, isn't it, again? Yeah, like a builder. It's like um, you're building civilization, but without the combat. You pretty much, yeah. It's uh, You're building on some islands as a dictator. Yes, Yep, and you're you're just you're kind of it's very much like Sim City because it's more about just controlling the money and the success of your city and the happiness of all your people and having all the businesses running smoothly and making it just get as much income for you through either tourism or industry um, and reaching a certain goal and being as high as possible, you know. Yeah, it was very pretty, um, very bright and colorful. 
it, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, again, you know, you're dropping down roads, tunnels, bridges, and all that. It's yeah, so the uh, if you've played any Tropicals before, the new things about this one was the bridges, tunnels, and cable cars, which haven't been done before. Bridges is new because they now, as a ruler, uh, El Presidente, can now rule more islands. It used to be just a one, but now it's kind of like... So you're more on an archipelago now. Yeah, and there's lots of little places and stuff, so that's why you're building bridges to join them all together, and you're helping your people reach different islands and work quicker. Um, and the tunnels were just really cool, because now they can have you know more mountains and hills all over the map to make it look and feel more like a real island. There's 15 mission maps this time around, which also means 15 sandbox maps. So um, sometimes there's goals and and like uh, sort of mini tutorials where they teach you all all the systems and how to do it all and then sometimes they just drop you in and you can do whatever you want in a full sandbox style there's lots of like um tricky ways to do things like a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor like you can purposely open up your passports and visas for your island and let anyone who wants to come visit and stay and then but that also raises the criminal um statistics but then you can kind of use them to make sneaky money on the side to build up the economy little strange um strategies like that which i thought was really cool the era system from tropico 5 is back and that's where they go sort of there's either a back in time before like you know cars and well lots of public transport in that way and you're using a lot more ships to trade and and then there's like modern times, which I say modern, but I mean like more like 1989 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like a fun sort of little um, yeah sim game. Uh, it's coming out on PC. Yes. Uh, PS4, Xbox One. Yes, that's right. And it's um, the multiplayer is back and a bit more fleshed out as well. So that sounds really cool too. So there will be multiplayer. There'll be like you play as two different El Presidentes. You're not like fighting each other or anything, but you're kind of like a friendly rivalry, you're competing to reach uh, uh, the highest amount of success, or like there, there'll be a goal of money that they want your, you know, your people to reach. Oh, and another fun thing was the uh, the relics around the map as well. Yeah, where, that was where that you was can just uh, as El Presidente, he wants the best island for his people ever, so you can go nick like Stonehenge and put it on your island. Yeah, and they had one where they showed us the Taj Mahal and. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really cool, like, and there's different levels, like, some are, like, these beautiful tropical islands, some was, like, this big scary cove with volcanoes, and you can send pirates out to loot money for you to bring it back to help your industries. Yeah, it's, uh, it looks like a lot of fun, there's a, there's a lot going on and a lot to probably do. Yes. Uh, then we checked out our last and final official game. Yes, so, uh, again, yeah, we saw this in the next little interview room, and this was Shadow's Awakening from Games Farm. Yes, and that was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was, what is it? It is this, um, it's a top-down isometric game, a dungeon crawler. Yep, yep. Uh, in the vein of a Diablo. Yeah, it looked very much like Diablo, especially Diablo 3. had that, yep. that shine. Yeah. Um, very pretty game. Well, and and then I guess the uh, the gist of this game is that you you start as uh, as a, you are, you're a demon in this game. Yes. And then you can go and take people's souls. Yes. Yeah. And it you game choose is, souls. Yeah. Yeah. And this game is based in parallel worlds. That one world is the demon world, and the other one is the sort of you know the, the normal people world. And when, once you take someone's soul from the normal people world, you can take over their body, and and play as them in that world. So you're playing two 
or multiple characters across two different realms. So, and using those two characters, you use that to traverse the dungeon. So, in the demon world, you might see a bridge and you can cross it, but in the human world, there might not be a bridge in that spot, and that's how you pass that part. So, they're exactly the same maps, but with different things going on in each map. Yeah, so you're, you're changing realms at the press of a button, and exactly where you stand, the world is still at the same exact spot. But So very, very much like Soul Reaver, if uh, any of you guys ever played that back in the day on the PlayStation. Uh, it was it was really cool, and there is up to, there's actually, you can have a party of up to three in the, uh, in the real world. So there's four players all up, so you, you're controlling the demon in the shadow world, you'll always just be the demon, and he can... I guess the idea is he's controlling the whole party. So when you switch back to the other world, you can uh, have these three different players with all different, you know, stats and gear. Fully, you know, as much as like a, a hardcore RPG as you'd expect. There's weapons, upgradable stuff. With oh, like, there's a lot in terms of the upgrades and, and, and sort of specking your character. that You get attribute points, skill points, and then also talents every three levels. Yes. Giving you a huge way to customize each character and your play style. Yeah, and like, um, you know, as, as you'd expect from these modern kind of RPGs, there's so many different ways that the story can unfold with the dialogue and things like that as well. So apparently, like, um, you can, uh, they're really encouraging you to play through it again because you can definitely make your own decisions uh, and they're easy to remember and easy to switch up the next time around. People react to you completely differently. Uh, events unfold in a completely different way. Yeah, so that's always interesting. It, it sounds like a massive game. There's going to be set, like over 70 locations, three main hubs that you go to. Yes, one that's uh, we heard completely missable if you're just not using the right character. That's right. And then also they expect one playthrough to take about 60 hours. Yeah. And the level cap at the moment is 30. Yeah, yeah. 60 hours is a nice, decent amount. I feel like it's not as massive as a single-time playthrough of some of the RPGs, but it feels more like a, something like Torchlight which is just like a lot of fun and has all the elements, but just enough to just kind of get what you want out of it. And if, if you're a diehard fan and you're loving what you're doing, it's enough to play through again. Like twice, you know, it ends up being 120 hours, which is more like one huge, massive, solid RPG. So Yep. Uh, and there are also six different endings as well. So you get, yeah, as we were saying before, there's all different outcomes, and then they lead to six different endings in the game, which is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And also... I have to mention this because you guys got to look out for this game oh. if you get it. Uh, but there's there's all kinds of different sort of uh, powers and moves that you can do, of course. But uh, one of the moves is the um, the demon when he when you pause the world. Like there's so many cool things. Like you'll be playing in the real world and then the spider will trap you where you stand and you can't move anymore. So you switch to the demon world and all your enemies have paused and you can just you know float right on out of that spider web, switch back to the real world, and there you are just standing behind the spider attacking him. There's heaps of cool moves like that. One of them, which I really liked, is you can switch to the demon, and while you're him, you can see all these like shadow versions of your enemies standing around, all paused where they where they stand, and you can possess one of them, and then you go back into the real world, and now that one that you've possessed is fighting for you in the background. And um, we were told that the higher you level up, the longer that that person stays under your control because it's based on a timer. And um, I I asked the question. I said like. Because I had this cool idea of like when you level up, having this huge group of people fighting for you. So I said, when you when you level up later in the game and you pause it, can you, as that demon, possess more than one character and have like 
because there's there's five or six different bad guys in the screen as you pause it and the guy that demoed it only just possessed one of them and I said like yeah when you level up can you possess like maybe five or six or, or more as you level up and he's like oh uh no not yet that's uh that's a pretty good idea and I, you know I, at first I thought oh is he just being polite and then he was about to continue with the demo and he's like actually actually I'm just gonna I'm just gonna grab my phone and jot that one down real quick uh, that in case I forget. Okay, anyway, back to the demo, and I'm like, hey, man. So you got a third hat now, man. You're a yeah. game developer now, man. Well, we'll see. So now I'm especially excited to see this game because I want to see if the mechanic of, you know, possessing characters lets you possess more than one. If you guys see that, it's from Game Train, and you're welcome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. So that's coming out on PC. And yes. Xbox? Yes, yep, and PlayStation. Sadly, no Switch. No Switch, no. So, yeah, poor Switch misses out there. Yeah, so um, maybe way down the track. It's not It's not even something they're kind of working on. They do have the Switch license, uh, but they said it would just, at this stage, be so much work because they've um, fully just kind of aimed it for this higher resolution, beautiful visuals, and it does show. Uh, one other thing, it is not multiplayer. They've made this as a complete one-player experience. Uh, especially with things like pausing time, you know, so... Yeah. Um, that, was, that was pretty much the end of our E3, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. A, a lot of sitting down and resting our legs. Yeah, there was a bit of that. <laughs> uh, walking across... Wait, actually, we will talk about this one. The carpets of E3. I think we should bring up the carpets oh, of E3. Oh, yeah, the carpets of E3, of course. So, in these big expo halls, there's your normal expo carpet and floors, and you're walking on that. It's quite hard on the feet after several hours of walking. Yes. But each sort of major booth area seem to put their own carpet down. Some are very spongy and nice. Yeah. Um, you know, some are a bit more sort of, I guess, silkish. I don't know. It's hard yeah, to yeah. explain. Some are kind of bouncy. Yeah, some are kind of bouncy. All these different types of carpets. Was there any carpets that stood out for you at E3 this year? Well, for me, it was the Sony booth by far. That, that carpet was, the booth was awesome and huge. And there was this like, massive cinema screen section where there was just crowds of people just sitting there. It was like no no seats. You just sat on the carpet. But there were so many people just with their backpacks as a pillow, having a lie down, having a nap, or just checking out the giant cinema screen, which was just showing all of Sony's trailers, like in a huge loop, but with like beautiful resolution, giant sound. How was the Last of Us 2 trailer on the big screen? Oh, it was a whole oh, different oh, thing. Oh. Yeah. We watched that on a tiny laptop with bad sound. The yeah. seat in a cinema experience is just next level. Oh, it was amazing. And that, that carpet, I just sat down for a second. <laughs> and I just looked at Callum and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to just gonna be here for a bit. I'm like, are you living here now? And he's like, yeah, I've just moved here. This is my yeah. postcode. This is it. This is where I am. <laughs> I actually think the Sony one was pretty good. Bethesda also had a good, uh, strong showing in the carpets. Yes. too. Yeah, very good yeah. carpet. Yeah. Well, well done, uh, guys. Yeah, well done on the carpets. I can't wait to see what carpets I have next year at E3. I know, right? This is going to be great. <laughs> I was hoping for more images, maybe patterns. Nothing was as ugly as, like, you know, cinema carpets. But, um, you know, at PAX, there's actually, it's just um, hard floors, a lot of it. Yeah. It'd be nice if PAX sort of went the idea of, oh, yeah, let's put some plushy carpet in for people. Imagine if just one booth did carpets. Everyone would just stand in <laughs> The most popular booth. What was the most popular booth at PAX? Oh, it was some indie game made by uh, two guys from Poland. But the carpet they had. <laughs> yeah. It was big. It was purple. It was royal. 
All right. So I guess we should just wrap this whole thing up. This last day three. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we come to the end of the episode. As always, let's uh, roll on in to the lamb train. All right. Good times. Uh, lame train. I think lame train's pretty similar for both me and Callum. Yep. Um, and that is the uh, just the amount of stuff and the size of oh, E3 yeah. itself just means like. And you you see people going like, oh hey, who are you guys with? I'm like, oh we're with Game Train. I'm like, oh it's it, so just just the three of you. I'm like, what do you mean just the three of us? That's a lot of people. And they're like, oh no, we have a team of like twelve or eight. I'm like, why? So um, <laughs> well. Yeah. We missed out on just so much. Like, oh, my and God. And we could yeah. have went another day, another full day, but we physically probably couldn't. But there's just, there's so much to see. Like, and we weren't being, like, slow about it. We were running from thing to thing and checking out stuff. And, like, if you don't have a, a roadmap complete strategy, then there's just no way. There's, yeah. We missed out on, and like, not, not just small titles. Like, no, we, huge we missed out play. on everything Ubisoft had there. Yes. We'd already played... Uh, the division at the Xbox experience the other night. Yeah, thank God for oh, Xbox. That, that, that was great. Um, but we missed out on Assassin's Creed. We missed out on the new Trials game. We missed out on Skull and Bones. Yeah. We missed out on the Square Enix booth. Again, I played Kingdom Hearts the other night, so that was all cool. But yeah. we, uh, well, and I played Tomb Raider, but you missed out on Tomb Raider. Yeah, I missed out on Tomb Raider. I was really look, looking forward to. Yeah, I'm glad one of us played that one. Now. We, we also missed out on a bunch of Capcom stuff, like... Um, Soul Calibur 6 and Resident Evil uh, sadly we, we never got a chance to play Days Gone in the end um, yep that was another one so I think it was yeah the lame train is the things we missed out on because we just ran out of time oh just huge and like and I, I don't regret anything like the things we did get to play things we did get to do were all amazing so it's like it's not I wish we did this instead of this it's just I wish we had more time to do more of exactly what we were doing yeah it's one of those things that I think the next time we would do like an Eve 3 now, knowing the scale of the place, which we, yeah. we, we never knew how big this was going to be, we'd probably sit down and actually plot out a proper game plan of, right, let's hold back from checking out this. We're going to focus on this hall. We're not leaving this hall. And you do that whole hall. Well, hall. I mean, yeah. saying that, then you kind of can't do that either because you choose one game and the line is like three hours long. So, yeah, it was mostly the stuff we missed out on. That, that was the lame train, I think. Hype train. What do you think about your hype train for this whole experience? The fluffy carpets. The fluffy carpets is your hype train. For <laughs> I, I, was good. I was told about the carpets before we went in from our friend Austin. Man, I got some shops you can visit. In he, he, he's like, you will appreciate the carpet by the end. I, I smiled at him. I'm like, that's nice. I understand now. I understand how nice the fluffy carpets are. It does make sense now. Yep. Yep. Oh, well, are we doing just a day three hype train? Yeah, I just guess a day so, yeah. three one. Just day three. Yeah, well, the carpets. The carpets. Oh, 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 also this other thing I happened to see, I don't know, I don't know who he was, he was just some scrub performer, happened to uh, sing some song with people, you can probably explain a bit more than me, but it was pretty cool. It was, well, I guess, um, <laughs> I guess Callan really built up my hype train there. Um, my hype train is uh, when we did our own Fallout 76 experience. And we decided to take it in our own hands because the other experience was a bit confusing to us, so... Um, I had my guitar with me, and I'd learnt the uh, the song from the trailer, and just went up to ask those actors we were talking about if they'd like to join us on a reclamation day party, and they were all amazing. Like I was saying earlier, 
these actors and their improvisation skills were just like next level. And we just started, well, I started playing the song and singing Country Road and they all, all around me started calling each other over um, and all started singing along. And then suddenly there was just like all these people behind us filming and had their phones out and like big cameras. And then one of the actors just yelled out like everyone, you know, the words and everyone in the big circle was singing along. It was like such a magical moment. Um, I, I explain it a lot clearer in my um, in the video. We, we did a wrap-up video, which will be up in a couple of days. Um, and also the video of that of that song itself of me playing is up on YouTube right now. So, uh, you know, just look up the lyrical game train on YouTube and uh, you'll find it there. But it's also on our Facebook. It'll and be on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll be putting our shorter version up on the Instagram. It's up on Twitter as well at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of places you can go check the video out. Yeah, and I mean, before we go, we've had our special guest with us this whole time and our, our secret cameraman that all of you know but don't know, Genghis Tuan. What was your lame train of uh, E3? My lame train? Yeah. Uh, not having a uh, media pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. I could have said that. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. I mean, we missed so much with media. What was your favorite carpet? Uh, I think Sony because it felt like I was walking on clouds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And uh, and your lane, your hype train. Where, where where am I? I'm so scattered. I'll give you another hype train. What's what's the hype train? Sorry, we didn't ask. What is your hype train? Your official hype train of E3. My hype train was uh, well because I hadn't been able to play Overwatch for like five days. I wanted to buy a mystery box. Uh, they had a uh, they had a Overwatch mystery box there, loot box. Yes. Yeah. And it was forty dollars. You know, we've seen that on day one. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get one, probably on day three. I almost bought it in the morning, but I thought, no, let's buy the last thing. Don't want to carry it around. Don't want to carry it around. Yeah. Went up to the booth at the last, you know, last minute when we were closing, $20. (laughs) (laughs) And it was such a a good deal that there were, like, angry people walking around, like, not even kidding, saying, like, don't buy from them. I would buy from those guys. They're like, what, are you... Are you, is that a joke? No, he's he's really upset. Yeah, yeah. some poor guy was pushing a pram with like loot two, boxes. Loot, two mystery boxes in his pram. So he'd spent $80 at least <laughs> just on like <laughs> stickers and posters. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Uh, it was actually a really good haul. Um, Twan opened it up yesterday and it, was, um, it wasn't actually all that bad, especially for $20. Yeah, it definitely wasn't $40 worth. No, sorry oh, to no. everyone. And, and sorry to that poor guy that had multiple in his pram as soon as he opened it we would have known yeah yeah uh you guys will will understand and know the value of having genghis tuan here on the trip with us soon when you see all the videos we uh we put up about the experience he's been behind us every step of the way except behind media walls but <laughs> most of it even like the, the harsh um, one was the sony one yeah but even the vip and in Nintendo, they let him like just yeah. join us so yeah yeah i think he got away with i think he got away with a most than most people's gamer passes would have gotten away with because he was with us, except for the Sony one. That was the uh, that was the killer. That was that was like the end of a sad movie where yeah. you had to like choose between your future or your girlfriend, and you're like, baby, don't do this. And like, I, I just I want to stay with you, but this is what? So you're leaving? Yeah, I I really am. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to play these games. Like, I guess I'll just be here. Luckily though, he found a an Overwatch tournament like right nearby. Yeah. Which was just like the neighboring booth, and we're like, where's Twan? I can't. Oh, Overwatch. There he is. 
All right. Well, uh, let, let's wrap this thing up now. Yeah. Um, as always, you can find us on www.gametrainpodcast.com for all our episodes. Yes. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. Yes. You can follow us on Instagram at gametrainpodcast or Twitter at gametraintalk. Uh, we'll be back this week coming up with episode 40 where we're just going to do sort of uh, who won E3. Yeah. Episode. So that's our review again. Talk about a bit more about E3 and some things that we saw. Yeah, it'll, it'll run a lot more. We'll go finally back to normal to our, our original segments and just do a big old episode about our, our adventure. Yeah, but the, the review game is who won E3. Yes, yes, exactly that. And then, uh, yeah, and then we're back to normal scheduling kind of all after that. Yeah, we'll be back on Twitch again. We'll be back we'll, home. We'll be back, yeah, we'll be back doing our Twitch and all that, of course. I'll be continuing that Neo challenge. Soon, one day, to be the Neo 2 challenge. Yes. Oh, I think that's still a while away, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, we should just uh, close this up now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Roll. All right. Cool, guys. Uh, cheers for uh, listening. And uh, once again, this has been Game Train. Oh.